Hey everybody, this is Nate. And this is Justin. From Pertnier Sandstone. And you're listening to Road to Blue Ox. Stay all night, don't go home. Stay all night, don't go home. Stay all night, don't go home. Stay with me till morning. Hey, Justin. Nate, we're back. Another season of Road to Blue Ox. We are super excited for all the things that this year has to bring. Season five. It's pretty wild. That's half a decade. I can't believe that we've been doing this for half a decade. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting better every day. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) Are we, though? Let this be proof. Our self-deprecation is getting better, maybe. (laughs) No, yet to be determined. To anybody who out there who, who does listen to the podcast, we thank you for coming back to it. And uh, we reckon that you're probably as excited about this year's lineup as we are. Um, scrolling through and, uh, you know, just reacquainting myself. I'm sort of in awe again of what we managed to pull off. Yeah, there's going to be some familiar faces back again to the festival, which have been there in the years past and some pretty exciting newcomers to the main stage and side stage as well. Your uh, your perennial favorites, Sam Bush, uh, the String Dusters are coming back, Charlie Parr will be there, Kitchen Dwellers are coming back, Sierra Hull, thank God, is coming back, Horseshoes will be there, Lois Pear coming back, um, Daniel Donato's Cosmic Country, last year was his first year. and Yeah, he made some waves last year. Yeah, we just said, let's get him back. Put him back on the lineup. He was running all over the festival. He he made his way back to the potluck picking jam as well, I heard. Yeah, I love a guy who's all in. And Daniel Donato and his whole crew very much seem to be all in. We did interview him last year on this podcast in a very loud clown lounge where I messed the audio up. You can listen to it on the website. I, I learned too, Nate. All of our episodes, except for the first season, are on the Blue Ox website. It's your one-stop shop for all things Blue Ox, blueoxmusicfestival.com. Yeah, and newcomers, I'm stoked. Uh, obviously, we have the Avid brothers coming this year who have never appeared, and that was a big get for us as well. I know we've been work- working for a few years to get them there, and we're very happy that they're coming. Charlie Crockett was a sort of a COVID reschedule. Mike Gordon of Fish, that's going to be a great set. Yeah. Um, Yasmin Williams, Joshua Ray Walker, all kinds of good newcomers coming down. The Big Richard, Pixie and the Partygrass Boys, Rainbow Girls, who will be doing a set with Kyle Tuttle. Kyle Tuttle will be there. All kinds of good stuff. The Wild Goose Chase Cloggers, first time appearance. For the first time in eight years. For those of you that may not be familiar, they're a local Minneapolis group of clog dancers, traditional Appalachian clog dancers that uh, run pretty close to the heart of Pertnier Sandstone, being that two of the guys, Justin and Kevin, their wives are performers or have been performers in the Wild Goose Chase Cloggers. Myself included. Played with the band for six years, toured uh, internationally with them. It's a great traditional Appalachian style folk dance. They dance to old time string music and it is an uplifting and joyous experience to watch them perform. Yeah, I think you can just go to YouTube and search for them and see some of their live performances. They're a pretty fun ensemble to see. It's going to be a great addition to the main stage this year. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a Saturday morning set. 
bring all the kiddos down and dance your butts off. So my favorite thing about Blue Ox, the lineup, and also doing this podcast is a chance to dig in and explore some artists that maybe I haven't been very familiar with. There's certainly a couple of those here this year that we'll be attending. Um, One person that we will feature in another coming podcast interview, Yasmin Williams. I'm really excited to see her. And she'll be also doing a fingerstyle guitar workshop this year. We're going to be doing the instrument workshops again, and she'll be featured as one of the instructors. Is there anyone that you're especially excited to see that you've maybe just discovered this year? Yep, I am a sucker for harmonies. I have been checking out Big Richard's catalog and yeah. listening to their sort of what now is their famous Telluride set. They started as a group just thrown together for a festival and it grew from there. And now they're booking gigs as a band consistently. And uh, I'm really stoked to hear some tight female harmonies up on the main stage. And yeah, I'm looking forward to their set. That's a good one. I've been really enjoying that live at Telluride recording from Big Richard also. I've never seen Charlie Crockett live, but I've been a fan of his music for a a few years. I mean, I know that's not new to me, but I haven't never seen him live. So that'll be uh, exciting to see. And I heard he puts on a killer show. Yeah. All in as well. Yeah. He just has, he has a vibe that, that I just love. It's going to be pretty cool to see him live, which I have not yet either. But uh, I just read a, a story earlier this week. He had an early meeting with some record label and, you know, the people didn't quite understand where he was coming from and just said, you, you just want to be Woody Guthrie, don't you? And, you know, it, it sort of maybe stung him at the time or he was kind of baffled by the statement, but 10 years later, however long he's, it's resonated with him to this day. And he realized that he should have thanked that woman for you know, offering him the direction that he continues to flourish in and really just wants to be the songster, the troubadour, what he is today, which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, hardworking, all in, somebody who's devoted to it. We need people like that to keep pushing forward and creating new stuff and getting people excited about what they're making. Yeah. We also have Mike Gordon this year on the main stage, and of course he's from Fish Notoriety, but I've been really enjoying the last couple of years some recordings that he did with uh, Minnesota local legend Leo Kotke. The duo projects that those two produced together is pretty incredible, and I'm excited to see what he's able to bring to the Blue Ox stage as well. Yes, me too. And featured on this episode is an interview with The Last Rebel. Um, they, of course, had a sort of epic reunion at Blue Ox uh, on that late night stage. And uh, it was special enough for them to have released that music in a album form. Uh, you could check out their Live from Blue Ox album that captured that amazing set on the Backwoods stage. And uh, yeah, we had a great time chatting with them. We dug in a little bit about the band's history and the future and, you know, kind of our typical line of questions. Uh, Talked about songwriting and what they're listening to, what they're into and where they're finding inspiration these days. And yeah, we're really excited about having them back and we're thankful that they sat down and chatted with us. Congratulations to Vinny. He's a new dad. They just had a baby daughter. Yeah, just days after our interview with them. Yeah, Julia 
is a champ and uh, young Adeline is here in the world now enjoying her parents' love and affection. Vinny wrote her a new lullaby, which I just listened to yesterday. Oh, sweet. So congratulations to them. Yeah, big congrats. We could go on and on about Blue Ox and what is new or different this year. Yeah, we got some great things coming up here on the Blue Ox 2023 season. The Backwoods stage, including Late Night, is soon to be announced. So keep an eye open for that on the social media platforms. For any of the bands out there listening who hope to be included in the Blue Ox Music Festival coming up this year, we do have the virtual band competition whose deadline is February 17th later on this month. So get in those videos for a chance to join us at the festival. Yeah, get your videos in. It's always fun for us to to go through those and discover new people and new regional acts. Yeah, and then everybody who visits the website and is, you know, part of this Blue Ox's social media world will have a chance to vote on those and you can score one of those last backwoods slots. I know the Fox Clubs are previous winners who have uh, now moved up and on and are going to be joining us in the bowl on the side stage this year. Yeah. It's always worth it and you never know where it's going to lead. So please make your submissions by February 17th. And good luck. <laughs> we could go on and on about Blue Ox. We sure could. Yeah, why don't we just get into it? All right, let's listen to a song from The Last Revel and then jump into that interview. This is from their 2022 release, live at the Blue Ox Music Festival, a song called Blind in the Fray. All right, here we go.
exactly sure where to start because i mean your story is is evolving you know you guys have had a bit of a wild ride a lot of our fan base does know you is familiar with your work and are fans of your music but maybe let's give a brief synopsis of history and and talk about the break and getting back together maybe start there sure i feel like that's a ryan question uh, I was going to say it's a Lee question. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you two, you two hash it out. I'm just, a, I'm just afraid with my timelines. Traditionally, my timelines are like extended. So all of a sudden we'd be a band for 20 years instead of whatever the actual year is. So yeah, I think Ryan would probably be the most realistic answer. You put your first album out in, was it 2012? The Mason Jar EP. Yeah, um, been around for a while. Well, my first my first recollection of you guys, I believe it was in Mankato, where I think it was Ryan and Lee, like the duo, maybe opened up for Pertnier at the House of Rock. Is that right? Does that sound familiar? I think it was Red Sky Lounge. Remember that place? Yeah. I don't know if you want like the full story. We all met in college. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of uh, evolved really naturally at first like lee and i did some open mics and stuff like that we were in like rock bands before that lee and i've been through gosh how, how many bands lee like at uh, least three different iterations at, at <laughs> least three yeah prior to this one started as beer and weed money yeah. if i'm being honest it was like you know we can afford our food but we're broke and we want other things too i remember the the blues rock band i mean we were doing we were doing like zeppelin covers you know, mm-hmm. like just to fill four hours at a bar. But we were playing a lot, like every weekend. I think we really kind of cut our teeth doing those gigs because nobody was paying attention. It was just for us, you know, it was just for us to, it was like a really drunken paid practice for the most yeah. part in those years. <laughs> for sure. And then, you know, we met, I remember meeting Vinny at a Mohawk at the time. Occasionally still does. Yeah, <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. And we talked to him and I knew that he was playing fiddle with another friend of mine. So we kind of hijacked Vinny and Vinny told us, he's like, yeah, I play stand up bass too. And I was like, oh, ringer. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And in the early, Vinny didn't tell us that he'd only been like practicing for like a week on the stand up bass, but it didn't matter because the first year and a half or two years of the band, we weren't playing on a good enough sound system that you could hear the bass. Right. So, so it was like, cool. It looks awesome. 
and no one can really hear it. So yeah, it was just kind of, it was, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful time to just like really try things out. And we were playing open mics a lot and we were just doing it because it was fun again. And that was kind of like where the band started was trying to play music for fun again and no other real reason. Yeah. Started there. Then you got serious. Yeah. Kind of slowly, but surely, Yeah, you know, it's like the idea was always like concentric circles outside of our home. You know, where else can we play and who else can we play with? Yeah. And, you know, like I remember our first gig in Minneapolis was at uh, the Caboose with Boys in the Barrels and Town Hall Stompers. Nice. For like the record release show. And I remember just being just like so thrilled to finally have a gig in Minneapolis and like, you know, kind of like little accomplishments along the way. You know, you if I feel like often people set goals that are like way too lofty and then they get really discouraged when they don't get there like right away. And sure. then with yeah. the band, it, it always was just like little steps at a time. Okay, what's the next mm-hmm. little step we can take versus like we need to go on tour and play 200 shows a year, which eventually did happen. But it was just little steps at a time at first. And, you know, same thing with recording music. It was like, oh, my God, we, let's put out a record. Like, we did it. <laughs> let's, yeah. You know, that was a huge accomplishment. With, uh, I felt like mm-hmm. that kind of just like it makes you realize what's capable in the next step. That's a great approach too. kind of like little engine that could just just keep plugging away, you know. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we progressively grew from that mentality for a long time. We were the mm-hmm. busiest we were. The band's history was busiest like. 2015 to 2018 we really went hard we toured nationally for a long time yeah kind of hit uh hit the brakes pretty hard in 2018 2019 because (laughs) because because okay so uh, (laughs) let's go there (laughs) let's 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 jump on this elephant's back and ride it out (laughs) okay Um, I was having some pretty supreme uh, mental health issues because of the pressure cooker that was playing 200 gigs a year. Yeah. Sure. Um, and like, just, I mean, we were just flooring it. I kind of broke sincerely. Like was, I was, I remember a specific conversation with Ryan where I was just like, so, so dark and depressed. And I was like mad at everybody and I was projecting on everyone because mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy. And I remember Ryan being like, dude, this this is like a dream come true to be able to do this. And he's like, you know, like, why aren't you happy? And I remember being like, he's not wrong. I should be happy. Like, this is this was a dream for sure. Right. And um, and I remember being like, OK, there's pro- there's something wrong, but I didn't really have the time. And I was trying to do like therapy from the road. I was even like calling managers and being like, dude, if you know anybody I can talk to, but it was like finding the time and the space to actually address that was damn near impossible with, right. with the schedule that we had. And for the rest of my life, I always be sorry for the way I treated everyone in the situation because it wasn't them. It was me not being able to, or me not taking the sincere time to address those issues. Yeah. Um, right. Right. It seemed like it was an important period of time for you to actually you know take control and find your balance in order to continue doing this totally and i think you know we were all so exhausted and so on edge i for one definitely was like taking everything personally in every situation i don't want to speak for Vinny and ryan they're here but i feel like everybody was just kind of at each other's throats and we couldn't figure it out um yeah you know we i ended up leaving the band like officially when was that 
2018. The last show of that yeah. chapter was at Blue Ox. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Blue Ox sort of bookended that chapter as well. Yeah, it seemed, that is was that the most guys... beautiful part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is that is that maybe yeah. partly why you chose to release the live album from Blue Ox, or are there other reasons for that? Or and also, who captured that audio because it sounds great. Yeah, uh, um, I think I don't know if that was like a direct reason to we wanted to release it was because you know back in 2018 that was our last show as the original trio for a while. It was, I, I think that definitely kind of played into like the magic of our set at 2022. Definitely. You know, yeah. we were feeling it on stage of like this whole like full circle kind of feeling, what kind of moment on in 2022 and uh, our set there. And I also think the crowd was feeling it. Our fans were feeling it because a lot of people that was the last, you know, maybe that was the last time they saw us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time they saw us since. So I think it was it was like cathartic from kind of like many different angles. And we fortunately, our good friend, Kevin Israel, who works at a studio in Minneapolis, River Rock, he um, was attending the festival kind of as our guest. It was like kind of on a whim, it sounds like, where he asked the engineer who Tim? was running sound that night, Tim, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, can you get a board recording of the show just for fun? There was no, we were not aware that the show was going to be recorded, which I think <laughs> is, was really huge because I think <laughs> yeah, you know, live totally. recordings are so tough, to, so tough to catch because like you can think yourself out of a good performance if you know it's for keeps. Totally. So I think the fact we didn't know it was recording kind of played into the whole magic of it because it was just, yeah. it was just felt free. It felt loose. It just yeah. kind of happened. Yeah. And, you know, it was Kevin. Honestly, like we didn't ask Kevin to do it. We didn't ask Kevin to like he he got the files from Tim and like opened it up and started like kind of like doing little tweaks and mixes and stuff like that. So honestly, like we owe Kevin huge for having the initial inspiration to do it. It wasn't our idea. I was going to say it was, it was a little bit like capturing, you know, lightning in a bottle or whatever as well. The, the feel of that set, it was so tangible how great it felt for you guys to be up on that stage playing. I feel, sure. you know, I, I was backstage the whole time, just kind of riding the vibes and it was really pretty magical. And I, I could see the audience sort of being weepy as well about how, like how great it felt that recording is definitely a cherished moment, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks. We feel the same way, you know, of all the sets yeah. like, I can speak personally, like of all the sets we've played, that's one of the, my favorite times I've ever had on stage like no doubt in my mind and now after the fact to have it recorded and to you know live forever and i can in 50 years i can go back and listen to it again yeah yeah is really special for me personally and i think uh, we've gotten feedback from people who are there fans that were there and stuff like that and they're telling us the same thing so we feel really fortunate it feels like a a gift yeah it's uh, captured a moment very surreal was captured a moment in time we didn't know we were capturing it was like yeah (laughs) and like out of all the sets we've ever played, that's the one I would want to remember. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, that was lucky. A great homecoming. So there's that period of time, you know, be- mm-hmm. between these Blue Ox bookends. The band kind of uh, had some personnel changes and, you know, tried some new directions. Can you talk about that at all? Like what that experience was like? Taking the project and really shaking it up quite a bit before evolving back to the the original lineup. Well. When Lee wanted to leave the band, Ryan and I kind of were trying to figure out, okay, well, if he wants out, that's that's okay. But, like, this is something that we've put so much work into, I don't want it to go away. Right. So what can we do to try and reinvent ourselves to push forward into something new? 
And so we got our friend Rachel Hansen on board because she's someone who we'd always kind of creatively confided in and worked with from some of the earliest years that we were playing in the band. We met up with her and we're pretty inter- intertwined with, mm-hmm. with her during then forward. We got her on board, see if she wanted to be a part of reinventing the band and see if we can take another go at it and see how Yanians would react. And it honestly didn't really pan out the way that I guess we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. But it was still a good chapter, I think. A lot of a lot of growth and like personally for learning mm-hmm. kind of how to do things differently. Yeah. To look totally. at what we're writing differently. Yeah. And perform differently. Right. I remember you guys playing that first app with us that year. We joined you guys like winter, fall, winter of 2017. I'm almost positive. It was yeah. like right before the year, everything kind of changed. I'm almost, okay. I could be wrong in the dates, but <clears throat> I don't think <throat> we ever played first half with like the new iteration. Oh, but Rachel was, was there. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel definitely was yeah. there. That's right. Yep. Yeah. She, yeah. She would join <laughs> us on stage all the time. She was dating our, uh, like sound engineer and tour manager, Jordan ah. Lillibridge. And now they're married. She was always with the band. She was always yeah. traveling with the band or she'd join us on stage. And so she was a very close, like a family member to the band for sure. Okay. So, so that all happens and you guys kind of like let it go. And then when does the fire sort of get relit and, and who reaches out to whom and, and how does that all get back going? That's a big uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> okay. I don't know how explicit I can be or what I can talk about, but I, um, it was March, 2020 for me. And I, I was still struggling with my mental health in a situation in life that still wasn't feeling quite right. And I don't know if it ever is supposed to feel quite right, but someone had told me about mushrooms and, uh, I decided I've heard of these. Yes. Yes. I've heard (laughs) of these things. And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to start microdosing. I don't want to like freak out or anything, but I've heard it can be really beneficial for mental health. And I'm not condoning it's good or bad or whatever, but I bought like enough for like six months of microdose. And then March 2020 hit the wood shop gig that I had, they shut down and I was like positive the world was ending. So I was like, you know what? I might not have time to try this. So I just took all of them. (laughs) And I, I, uh, I sat on my patio for like 36 hours or something like that. And I just like watched the world evolve and change around me and I had like this supreme like embrace from the universe I just felt so loved like all by myself I felt really loved and I I hadn't really experienced that before in especially in that intense of a situation Um, but it kind of kicked me into gear to like figure out and it like brought up a lot of mental health issues and stuff that I should be working on. So then I got a therapist and I kept talking to my therapist. I was like, yeah, you know, like I was going back like glory days. I was like, yeah, back with my band, this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, Oh, you talk about this band a lot. Like, you know, was that like last year or something? I was like, no, it was like five years ago or four years ago or whatever. And she's like, Oh, well, there's a lot of stuff that seems unresolved. I feel like you should probably reach out and talk to these people. And I was so nervous because we hadn't talked at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I was so nervous to reach out again, but I knew that my therapist was right too. And I was like, there's, I still feel this brotherhood with that, that will never go away. No matter how many shrooms I take or, <laughs> or how many years. Or anything. <laughs> but I just, I just, I called them and I gave my apologies. To be honest, the, the music was like to rejoin the band was not, 
the primary goal, but it was definitely a concept. I was like, maybe it would be a healing process for us to try and make music together again at some point. But really the, the reason for the call was like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, here's all the reasons. Here's all my apologies that I have. And then, uh, you know, as we continued to talk, the idea of like doing it again came up and then we got all sneaky and we're trying to, we went and recorded uh, with Kevin Israel at River Rock because we decided beyond even playing music together, because it started to feel so good again, being together, like maybe we should do some shows too. And it just kind of like, like Ryan said, it was like these little baby steps and we kept checking in with each other, making sure that we were all comfortable it became like the healthiest, I feel like the healthiest relationship we've had as the three of us since like knowing Excellent. each other. I feel like we're, we're on a wonderful page now. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, then we're like, how do we rebuild this fire for the fans too? When, you know, the idea came up to, you know, do it again in early 20, it was like end of 2021, early 2022, we were kind of just the three of us talking about it. And I thought mm-hmm. like, at least I was like, I didn't think anybody was still paying attention or like, I didn't, you know, I just kind of figured yeah, like our little like, fan base kind of forgot, sure. which is yeah. you know, understandable because it has been a while. So we did, yeah, I yeah. really, I think everybody had modest expectations about like what to expect. Like, Oh yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's do some shows just for fun and this and that. Yeah. Um, and, so like, fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like the week we kind of announced that like, Hey, you know, we're going to do it again. And the band's back together and we're doing some new music and stuff. The amount of people that reached out either for like full support, really excited or wanted to book us for things in 2022 was like staggering. We didn't really expect to be as busy as we ended up being last year. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's not like we were doing a ton of shows. I think we did like 40 shows in 2022. It wasn't something crazy, but it was more than we expected to do. And they all killed too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's fun when you only play the good nice. ones. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a, but, uh, what, a, what a shot in the arm, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it kind of like it, it put in perspective to us like, oh, you know, maybe this is, there's still some legitimacy to this that we, yeah. we didn't necessarily realize yeah. was there. So I think, you know, kind of moving forward, like, I think everybody continues. I mean, we want it to be a part of our lives and a part of our careers moving forward. I don't think there'll ever be a time when we're doing 200 shows a year again. I don't think anybody really wants that. Mm-hmm. It's just, It was just unhealthy That's a for lot. various reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, it's like, I think it'll be moving forward. It's like, yeah, we want to do more under like expectations of boundaries and health and safety. I mean, just to just to achieve that as a band alone is a success, you know, like realizing what works and what doesn't and how to have that life balance, which is so important for just longevity as an individual, let alone an artistic project. Totally. It's like there's no point in doing 200 shows a year if the next year the band doesn't exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not what's yeah. the point. <laughs> Well, yeah, fortunately we, for y'all, the fan base didn't forget about you. You know, they yeah. were hungry and waiting. That must have been so gratifying. It was Just, overwhelming. That yeah, was yeah. a crazy, crazy experience. God, was, I'm like, I'm getting buzzes right now. Just thinking I, about you guys. I, you know? That was easily one of the best, like the word cathartic is been, has been thrown around a lot, but I was really stuck at stuck at this job that I just hated that I, I couldn't kind of muscle my way out of for whatever reason. And we released that we were getting back together. And then like the next day we got a, just a grip of emails that were like, Oh, play this event, play this event, play this event in a matter of just like 24 hours. And it's like, 
oh, yeah, I'm quitting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in true Vinny fashion. Yeah. <laughs> well, that must have been fun, too. Oh, man, that was great. I never thought I was going to be able to do that again. And yeah. <laughs> Still feels good. You guys put out the EP and just kind of like hit it hard. You're in the you're in the studio now. Are you done cutting the new album or we just got the masters back? Oh, yeah, sweet. it's, yeah, it's right. done recording. Yep. We um we did two separate sessions in twenty twenty two. The first ones in early February went so well for the EP, we're like, Oh shit, let's just keep going. So yeah, we did some more sessions in June and then finished the record in September. Yeah. As far as like these recordings go. This, uh, this round, I feel personally, it's like this is the smoothest we've worked together in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that just that lends itself to the fact that I think we're all just more mature than we were before. We're better at listening to each other. <laughs> and we well, just, I mean, we're better at just like thinking more objectively. And just having mm-hmm. that all those experiences under your belt. It's, it is it's kind of funny how experience just really has a great effect on you and, and how you perform and how you record. And totally. yeah, I mean, having trauma involved with reconciliation and just a lot of growth i'm really excited to hear the new the new album and to have you guys back at blue ox yeah oh yeah pumped we should also mention like in that time the the space in between let's call it um we all like developed solo careers too and we were playing a lot of solo shows and continue to um, and I think that really lended itself to making that recording process oh, yeah, so sure, much more sure. comfortable and, and easier for everybody. Cause we've all, I feel like we've all had to act as like band leader on our own now mm-hmm. or like making our own critical decisions instead of relying on each other so much in the studio that all of a sudden, all of our thinking was so much more critical. Just the way we presented it was more respectful. And we were up at, you know, the first record we recorded was at a cabin in the UP of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we had such a blast and we had all these fond memories of it. So when we started talking about doing another record, we were like, let's bring it back to the beginning, man. So we went up there to finish the record. So it was just us and Kevin Israel, our engineer producer. We just all hung out and like, if we got tired, we'd go fishing, you know, or we'd go for a right. hike through the woods or whatever. Just having that environment. And the knowledge that we'd collected made that whole experience like that's one of the happiest weeks of my entire life. Yeah. You know, and I think we captured that in the music too. That's great. We we had so much goddamn fun recording that record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great to hear that you guys can, you know, branch out and, and do your own thing to a quality degree and and not be filled with know arrogance about that instead come back and be able to collaborate even better with each other i, I think that's yeah. really inspiring sure. for me as a musician as mm-hmm. well absolutely and yeah. are you guys maybe to like talk about some songwriting a little bit are you guys as a band are you working on songs individually or collectively are you kind of showcasing them throughout the process or is it like you sh- go into the studio and just here's a song crack it out I mean, what's your process? We do a lot of different things, but I think that comes down to the, at at the core, everybody is not to toot our own horns, but pretty prolific, which makes it easy to, even though we didn't have a ton of time together this year, objectively, we did have the opportunity to like, ahead of meeting up, send off a dozen demos to each other, try Mm -hmm. to play through any of those songs once, see what, see what fits 
and then go from there, develop it further into kind of the the last rebel mode. I don't know. Some things came from little backstage, little jammy sessions and uh, other things were already more or less written out on before they got to the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, the initial spark always come usually comes from like one individual, one of us. Um, But it definitely goes through like a band filter um, to kind of make it something that is, you know, the last rebel. Like I, I think specifically of like a song on the record that I wrote that I sent the guys a demo. Lee uh, took it and kind of like turned it on its head. He took the lyrics and like a similar chord progression, but like changed the song to be. And I, you know, I didn't see it that way when I wrote it and sent it to him. Right. Lee's effort in it made it the band's like vibe essentially. And um, I think, you know, that's a, that's a testament to like, well, it's great. You know, at the time we weren't living in the same place. We can collaborate without you know being in the same room which is helpful (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there's a there's another song on the record too just to give another example of like the writing process we i feel like we are in the best writing and creative mood like right before we go on stage and we are just like having fun making noise backstage warming up and we come up with a lot of these like different riffs or whatever and you name them something stupid in your phone memo Right. You know, your voice memos and then all of a sudden it turns into this like really heartfelt ballad when you rewrite the lyrics or, or redesign it and i there's a couple of those on this record where they started as like backstage jams that i can't even repeat the name of the titles uh when we started and then, uh, but i think the biggest song as far as the band's dynamic around it it'll be the last song on the record and it's called liberation day and Oh yeah. Vinny was <laughs> Vinny was down in Nashville, like doing some like construction work with me and just visiting. And he and his wife Julia were sitting out on the patio and he was like, Hey man, I think I got something. And she was like playing accordion and singing along. And I just like put my phone down to record that because I, I liked what they had going. And then we tried rearranging it when we were in Montana <laughs> on a tour. Um and we made it like kind of like poppy folk is like the best way I could like describe it. It was like campfirey. It was very campy vibes, like, right. uh, like sing-along vibes. And then, <laughs> um, and then we tried recording that one in the studio and we had it kind of spacey, atmospheric kind of sounding. We had a version in the studio. And then when we brought it up to the cabin, we tried this like super campy vibe song. And honestly, we were just up too late. And we were like, Kevin, turn the mics on. And then we just made a bunch of noise and we're like yelling from every corner of the cabin. Honestly, Vinny and I were like pretty, we were like, I think, I think this is close. This is pretty close. And it's like a fun vibe at the end of the album. And then Ryan was like, ah, I feel like there's, I feel like there's something more to this one. And we all went to bed kind of like, not frustrated, but like we couldn't figure the song out. So we were getting right. a little like trying to figure out yeah. the last song of the record. And then Ryan gets up in the morning and he was like, what if it was like this? And all of a sudden we were just like, oh, yes. And I remember I was even like sitting at the coffee table singing the lyrics into the mic and Ryan was across the room playing the guitar. And it just it just all came together all at once so well. And all of a sudden the song completely made sense. And I think that's that's like the beauty of the three of us working together. Like, you know, we, we can throw it in a bunch of different directions. We'd be like, how would Vinny play this song? How would Ryan how would Lee? Mm-hmm. And then finally, it's like, how did we play it together? And it really right. felt, it finally felt right. That's great. Um, we throw a lot of paint sometimes. Hey, man, whatever sticks it. to the wall. 
exactly yeah. before it looks nice yeah i mean that's yeah. such i think i love that kind of process you know for sure yeah you're gonna discover some things maybe you weren't you know you weren't aware that you're even trying for or, or capable of until it just oops we did that awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i think that song was funny too because it was just like as guy who started writing that song there is definitely more than one point as it's like this is so freaking stupid this is done <laughs> throw it away yeah, <laughs> like, you were over it i am over yeah, this we were song over it. it's not it's not it that ain't it yeah. it's fine <laughs> move on honestly i think it's my favorite track of the record too like and maybe it's because i know what we went through to get there i'm super proud of this record i'm like yeah just yeah. just seeing what had to happen yeah. for us to do this again alone you know and then all the excitement from playing all summer to crowds that we weren't expecting mm-hmm. and like i feel like we really captured a moment in time with this record of like how joyful we are to be able to do it again that's yeah. so great. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Do you have a release time frame picked out at this point? Nothing set in stone yet, but I think the idea is to have the full record out like late summer, early fall. So August, September. You know, we haven't really talked about a plan, but in my little my little uh personal pipe dream, I'd I'd love to have the first single out before Blue Ox. I feel like it feels like a good marker in the summer, like okay, let's yeah. have a song out before Blue Ox. Yeah. And then we can kind of ride yeah. that ride that wave through the summer. So I think that's okay. kind of the initial plan. Keep your ears tuned in for hopefully some new music here pretty soon. Coming up fast, man. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah, we'll, we'll put some links on the podcast notes to uh, where to find music from you guys. Are you going to be playing some of the new songs prior to the release other than whatever singles you might release? Are, uh, the, is the Blue Ox audience possibly going to hear some fresh cuts? Um, I, You know, as, as like a band, we always... We always like to use the stage as like a test run sounding sure. board kind of thing. I think it's like a, you know, personally, I feel like it's a delicate balance though, where it's like, you know, somebody buys a ticket to your show. It's cool if you throw a new song in there, but like if most of if a decent percentage of the set is music they don't recognize, then, you know, I, as me as a music fan would be like, well, that's cool, but like, that's not necessarily what I came to hear. Yeah, you know, to a certain degree, Freebird, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We have played one specifically live a couple times just last summer, just to like test it out. And I'm sure we will this year too. It's like we got to learn how to play it somehow. Yeah, I was gonna say you got to you got to sprinkle them in on stage once in a while. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I remember, I think yeah. it was our Pertnier's hardest part of leaving album where we had recorded the entire project without playing any of them live until wow. the release, and we had arranged. So many guests, like it was, yeah, we had like a flow chart for the whole show and it went off really well, but it was nerve wracking going into it. Like, dang, are we going to pull off all these songs we've never played in front of an audience before? Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting times. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had a similar feeling to that. Our first show back was in Madison, Wisconsin. And I have never, like, I get nervous before shows, but like, I like felt like I couldn't even breathe. And yeah. I was like, man, I hope, I hope, you know, you're just like, oh God, I hope no one's expectations super high and like we're shaky. And, but then, you know, you get out there and like two seconds after you start the first song, you're like, oh, yeah, it feels good again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Totally. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> it, yeah, it helps when the audience knows all the words so they can just kind of like fill in. Yeah. And don't, you don't remember. <laughs> Uh, it's such a dream, man. I love, I love hearing the audience sing along with your guys' yeah. uh, music. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it feels really special for sure. We appreciate our fans, that's for sure. It feels like infinitely surprising every time. 
I don't know why. Seriously. It's just like never going to get used to that where it's just like, oh, yeah, you bought tickets, but like you actually wanted to be here. Yeah. Well, even that we're singing. Okay, cool. Wow. I, I didn't think this was going to happen tonight. Yeah. yeah. And even, even more so, even more so than like them actually buying a ticket and coming to the show. Oh, you actually listened to our music outside <laughs> of the show. You know, yeah, outside of it. Yeah, yeah, enough to remember the words better than I do. Yeah, I know. You're like, you yeah. You listen to our music way more than we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it feels like a miracle. Pretty funny, man. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. It, like like you said, Ryan, you know, we're lucky to be able to do what we do and go create parties in cities and, and have cities welcome us and – I don't know. It's a, it's a dream. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It's like, it's, it will, the band has been, and probably always will be like the source of so many highs and also so many lows. And that's, yeah. I don't know if people really realize that from, you know, on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. it's, you don't really get a good picture of that where it's like, yeah, it's like, we're having a great time sometimes yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's really yeah. hard and people don't really see that but yeah uh, some, um, some sometimes it's a show you know totally yeah <laughs> i yeah. do i do feel like that i do feel like the whole uh scene is kind of changing in that though where people are more transparent with how challenging the work can be and they're sharing yeah. that with their fan base and i think i think people are becoming more cognizant of the fact that you know sometimes it's a struggle and Absolutely. i think that's great because you know there's no point in hiding it yeah, and then no. like you don't have to make excuses. Or, like there's no there's right. no bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah. People just want always like, you know a real feeling. Yeah, yeah. Really, I always like to 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 you know drive this point home. It's like you know if you're laughing and having the best time of your life, and you're like all this adrenaline, all this love and support, and all of these literal chemicals are like flooding your brain to make you the happiest you've ever been. They need to recharge. <laughs> You know, so it's like yeah. the whole next day getting to the next gig, you don't have those, no. you know, and, and, and they're like lower levels than normal. And, and like, sometimes the most challenging, I, for me, at least the most challenging part of the day is just to remember that I, it's okay for me to be sad at the pancake house right now. Yeah, right. it's okay. Who said at the pancake house, man? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not a it's not always a glamorous life being on the road touring and playing shows and I I feel like one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that the audience came to realize that to a pretty big degree like you know what musicians cope with to do you know and art artists in general or craftsmen mm-hmm. craftspeople in general it it takes support by an audience it takes a lot of courage to do what we're doing and I think it's important to be transparent about that I'm glad that the the culture is now in support of that or it's it's okay to be more transparent about that as well mm-hmm. yeah post pandemic the thing that i've noticed most is just like everyone on both sides are just like recognize how special this is because and how you know ephemeral it is like how, yeah. how much it could very much not exist right yeah. these fleeting moments right. are important yeah. you know like some of the milestones of our lives you know you know, I often wondered why we called ourselves the last rebel. And I, I feel like this last year has been like the answer. You know, it's like treating treating every show like it's the, the last celebration you're going to have. For me, at least, it's been this like really affirming 
thing as to why, you know, we decided on that name all those years ago was like to try and keep each performance special, right? Like mm-hmm. you, never, yeah. you never know when this is going to stop. But after that pandemic, more than ever, you never yeah. know. And, and like just really being in the moment and bringing as much joy to people as you can, it just feels better than ever for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love you guys have achieved the concept of your name through this sort of <laughs> course of time a, as well. It might be a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Maybe. Might have been, might have been. Might have been. <laughs> well, let's hope it continues for years. Yeah. 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 We're in a good oh, place I love, now. I, sure. I love that interpretation of the name though. Like it's, it's more of a, yeah, like an eternal Zen type of concept than it is, you know, the end yeah. of days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that might be a good place to end it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything coming up you want to plug, and or and also what what tracks should we play? You guys should send us some MP3s we can plug into the podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, Vinny, when the fuck are you going to be a dad? <laughs> um, like, is it today? Any, is it any minute? Yeah, going to the hospital in an hour with with Julia. Are you really? <laughs> Or actually, like right now, I think we're late. That's amazing. (laughs) All for a podcast. (laughs) Talk about the struggle of the musician's life, man. You know? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Got to go have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. At any any moment. We thought it was coming last night. Wow. Well, that's that's real. Good luck. Good luck to Julia, man. I hope she hope she uh, hope it goes smoothly. It ain't no joke. That's the for first sure. band, baby. Yeah, first right. Band, baby, we're officially officially entering the dad grass realm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not all bad. It's not all bad, boys. <laughs> it sounds all right, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> nice and easy. That's. I mean, that's really what pushed us to achieve that balance with the band and uh, all of our proceedings, and it's been good. I wouldn't ask yeah. for it any other way now. Yeah, it's good yeah. to hear. Good luck with all that, Vinny. Hope it goes all smoothly and all well. Thank you. Oh, buddy. Yeah, thanks for yeah. Out, thanks for carving out some time with us, fellas. We can't wait to see you at Blue Ox, obviously, but yeah, um, our paths will likely cross before then. For sure, so, yeah, thrilled to be a part of it, guys. So. Thanks for having us. Take care, fellas. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. We love you. Thanks for coming back and listening, and uh, can't wait to see you out there in the pines when it's not below zero. Thanks to Last Revel for sitting down with us, and we'll send you off with one more of their songs from the live from Blue Ox Music Festival recording called Engine Trouble. We'll see you all in the pines. Take it away. Instead, she throws most of them She'll steal your keys 
We're the last rebel. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you.